Welcome everyone to the Coach Stoke Says Soul podcast channel. Right now we are going live for the first time with a video podcast. So you can see the guys behind the voices and everything that we're talking about. Fitness, family, finances. We throw them three Fs around. I got that from Coach Wellington. But these are some of our biggest passions in life and the things that we like to talk about and hopefully give you some better perspective on. So I would like to welcome officially, it's been a long time, we've tried to do this for <laughs> the better part of two or three months and we just haven't been able to get the technical side down, but now we finally got it. So uh, please allow me to introduce you to my guy, Coach Michael Wellington. How you guys doing out there? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm all right, man. It's been a long day after a long winter, but I'm just excited to finally get this going. So, uh, Coach Wellington here, I've known since my childhood, over 20 years. Um, but we have a special relationship because after going through high school together and being still the best of friends throughout college, we're going to different universities. When I came back from university, I was serious about wanting to be a professional athlete. And he's the guy I reached out to to help me reach that goal. And ultimately, we were successful. But I'll let him talk more about that journey from when we got back together after college, what he did for me, and how that led to what he does today. Yeah, so um, I actually started coaching per se right out of um, college uh stokes was pretty much like my first guinea pig um so i knew i wanted to coach after after i graduated and um when he came back he wanted to pursue professional athletics um so everything that i had learned i pretty much broke him down everything that he knew i had to reteach him to make him the athlete that he is uh from there i just started training people coaching people. Um, I'm now the head coach at a school called Bishop Alamany here in Mission Hills, California. Um, and I just have this strong passion for bringing out the best in people um, by any means necessary, I guess, so to speak. All right. So when, when he says making me a better athlete, let's be specific about this. <laughs> I was a decent athlete. I was good enough to get a college scholarship was to a D2 school. I ultimately gave that up. I was good enough to be the MVP of my high school football team alongside with another one of my best friends who eventually made it all the way to the NFL. So I had some football skill, but I was slow by the standards <laughs> of what is required to play the sport at the next level. So that's I didn't want to. I didn't want to say that live, but yeah, he was. He was pretty slow. <laughs> he was pretty slow. Okay. Now, for your everyday, average, non-competitive athlete or non-competitive somebody not playing competitive sports, I would be considered fast. But for the sport, I was considered slow. <laughs> and my mindset was incorrect because. I went to a high school that really emphasized Olympic weightlifting. So we learned how to lift like really well, all the stuff they do in CrossFit and things like that. We learned that when we were 14, 15, 16 years old. And they said, if you can do this well, you will play. So I focused on that. And a lot of my training and my energy went to power and strength, thinking 
because I was uh, I was told I was small. That's also a fact. I was slow and I was small. <laughs> so, um, being told that you're small and that just being drilled into your head over and over again, you already know that. But everybody's saying you're too small to play, you're too small to play. I tried to get bigger. I literally once purchased in college some tall juice. I, I ordered it online. Um, it, it didn't work, obviously. But <laughs> I, I literally went on there and found some tall juice guaranteed to make you reach some hidden potential or unlock some, man. I was trying to do something to change who I actually was instead of embracing who I was and making the most out of it. So when I got with Mike, I said, bro, I am who I am. Nothing else is changing. I just want to get faster. Like I need to be faster. So he taught me how to walk again, basically, and broke down my speed. We, we, uh, we took the things I did well and we doubled down on that. But we tried to pull away the layers of all the bad habits and techniques I had developed from just running however I was supposed to run. Because no one really taught me the details of running. It was just, you know, get out there and run hard, run fast, do what you can. But no one broke it down to me. And then when he broke it down, everything opened up. And, you know, I attribute and I thank Mike all the time. Every time I see him to this day for all the success that I had as an athlete. Because when he opened that door for me, that ultimately led to why I do what I do now when it comes to training and to all of my professional success and opportunities I had all around the world. So, Mike, I'm going to let you talk about what happened when, after, after you started training me, what we did together to turn us into actual trainers. Yes. So, after... Um, I want to say before that, rewind a little bit. Stokes probably, I think he was running like four seven before I started teaching him how to run again. And my fastest, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was slow. I wasn't that damn slow. All right, okay. My, fast, <laughs> <laughs> my fastest time recorded was actually fresh out of high school. I ran a four five seven. Fresh out of high school. So, but here's the thing. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. But I, but, but I never ran faster than that. I only got slower throughout college. I wasn't running no four seven, but I was in the four. I was in the four six range. So, because you're talking to a track coach, I don't do hand times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, that's hand times have the ability to make people think they're faster than they are, and then you get that electric timing, and it just hurts your feelings. I've had a lot of people. Feelings get hurt because of that. But anyway, so took him in. He ended up running like 4-4, um, which gave him a lot of opportunities overseas, um, especially in Canada. So that was pretty cool to know. And then once he came back, um, we actually became actual trainers. We took a course um, where once we once we finished the course and we got our certificates or not, uh, we took a group of high school kids. They were freshmen in high school. Um, a lot of them had no clue how to run. Um, and we just pretty much put this program together for those kids. And we took them to this combine. And they pretty much had the fastest times in most of the events um, that they had. And a lot of the kids that were at this combine were juniors and seniors. And we had these freshman groups of kids ranging from um, four, four to four, six. We had a tight end that was about six to uh, probably about 230 at the time. He ran 4.6 at this combine. 
So from there, it's just like, you know what? We should probably do this full time, try to get as many kids or athletes good as, uh, or how should I say it, get them as well prepared as we possibly can. Um, and we've been doing it ever since 2005. So it's been a nice little journey. Um, I've, I've produced some pretty fast kids. Uh, one of the fastest kids I've ch- coached so far ran 1039 in the 100, high school kid. Um, he's now at the University of Southern California. Um, the fastest girl I've coached, she ran 1192. And the whole thing with that is I believe as a coach that making someone fast is it's a simple process. Um, you just have to explain it to the athlete that way. So if you work 90% on an athlete's sprint mechanics, making them better fluid runners, then the other stuff is going to come. Uh, so if you can teach someone how to run, then they're going to naturally get faster because of that. Then you start talking about ground contact and force and things like that, and all of that just plays a part into making them fast. So uh, that's kind of been the journey thus far. Um, who knows where this is going to take us now. Uh, as you can see, Stokes is international. I would love to get to that point. <laughs> um, but actually, I, I kind of am because I do have a YouTube channel, and a lot of my, a lot of my subscribers are from Europe, India, places like that. So I guess I could be international. We'll see. <laughs> you are international. You are your only limitation. I tell this man this all the time. Like I don't understand why you don't just leave the, the nest of the U.S. and go out there and branch out, spread the word. Right. But I'll go back to what he was talking about, this group of kids that we took. We sat with each and every one of their parents before we took them in. We didn't charge them hardly anything to do this because as I was coaches, guinea pig, they were our guinea pigs for us officially saying we are trainers. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing was that when we put the program together, very often programming, you know, I want to like, I want, we want to do 10 sprints here and this and that. Like you're trying to put together this generic recipe. And, and I, I personally like the word program because I'm like, you're not a robot. Everyone's an individual. So the philosophy behind what we wanted to do when we approached these children was exactly what he said. We want to teach the mechanics over everything. So we had these kids. Uh, we broke it down to two eight-week periods. And within these 16 weeks of training leading up to this combine where they annihilated kids that were two, three, almost four years older than them, I can say we probably had one workout that was like, ouch, I can feel the burn. The rest of it was technical, 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 getting a, a real understanding. And how I like to put it is we taught them the language of speed. Mm-hmm. And this is what I feel like has been missing from my practice over the past 20 years, every person I run into, no one really knows the language of speed. And Mike was the first one to introduce it to me and I've been able to put my own spin on things and add things to it and evolve my knowledge over the years. But it's, it's, it's the language. And I wouldn't put a kid in a class and not teach them the alphabet, then words, then a sentence and expect them to read a book. Yet we put kids in sports and expect them to move well or, you know, you say, oh, they can move naturally or they can do it or they get it or they don't. And it leaves so many kids left behind. 
my passion isn't to make the next great professional athlete. My passion is to change the culture that everyone has these abilities inside them. They just don't know the language. They don't know the language of movement. But what Mike taught me was the language of speed. And what I brought to him was a lot of the language of what is referred to as agility, the, the ability to change direction and power. And when we combine these things together and show these kids just how to control their own bodies, we didn't make anybody faster. I remember my college coach used to say, you can't train speed, which was true and false. It's true because the speed you have in you is the speed you have in you. You can only reach a certain potential. Now, those of us that even see the tip, the top, or even close to the, the, the capacity of what you can actually do, so much. So much. It's so small how many people actually realize their athletic potential. And I'm even talking about professional athletes. Like I said, I was, I was a college scholarship athlete and had no clue. And that was being slow and small. Okay, so imagine if I was a little bit faster naturally or a little bit bigger, what I could have accomplished. But still, you have to put into the equation understanding the language of movement. And this is true for everyone on the planet. You've got to know the language of movement. You have to understand it, and you have to have the right person to be able to teach you. The right person for me was this guy sitting in front of you guys right now, Mr. Coach Wellington, who said he's the head coach at Bishop Alamany Track and Field. He actually was a head coach at a high school where we met. We had these kids before in his first stint um, at West Ranch High School, and it's just been an avalanche of him getting opportunity after opportunity to rightfully be ahead of the show. Like you say, he's put a lot of kids out there. I'm watching all the time. If you're on his YouTube channel, you'll see him post all the time the people that he's working with and the things that he's bringing to the table. And he's also known as the Burpee King. So every Monday, if you want to do a workout with some burpees in it, <laughs> this, is the guy, this is the guy you got to check out. All right, man. But um, we're going we're gonna to do a lot more of this, uh, just talking about the language of movement, uh, primarily speed, but other things as well explosiveness, change of direction. We're going to talk about dieting, all kinds of stuff that has to do with bettering yourselves as a human being so you can make the most out of who you are. Okay, I can't put more into you than you already have, but we can unlock some doors so you can explore parts of you you never knew you already had. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure he'll tell you the same. But before we segue into um, ending this session and looking at what we'll do next time. I hear you're writing a book. I am. I'm actually meeting with the publisher on the 30th. Okay. Yeah. So. Matt, tell us about the book. <laughs> Plug. I mean, tell your book. It's pretty much, uh, I don't want to sell it yet until I talk to the publisher. But man, come on, man. For the most part, it's, um, it's, you a, book about, it's a book about how you know, I came to be who I am. All the stuff that I went through, all the little trials and things that I had to um, conquer in myself in order to just, you know, one, be a better man, be a better husband, be a better father, be a better everything. So that's pretty much what it's about. So I'm, I'm going to be real transparent in this book, <laughs> like real transparent. Okay. Well, so, what's you got a title? Yes. 
the title that we came up with is the insecurities my father but the father the f and father has um it's in parentheses uh because it has a double meaning so the insecurities that my father created what's the double meaning um so the double meaning is my heavenly father set up a lot of these situations in my life uh so for one i could be better and two um that i can be depend on him more and then my father my biological father who i didn't know um these are also insecurities he created because he was never around okay yeah man well i can't wait to read it i'm trying to read a, a book a month myself like i went all the way through college without reading but, <laughs> uh they're not like, right? but not like reading a book front to back. Like I was, no, I was more, I was more focused on practicing the trade or the skills that I wanted to learn, and a lot of that didn't require reading. It required hands-on right. tasks and projects, not sitting down and reading a book or a manuscript. Like learning from actual people, which is you know, it's a it was a kinetic way of learning. Like I, I wanted to learn emotion. I sit down and read a book, and I haven't realized the value of actually sitting down, resting your soul and your mind, and taking in just some powerful words how it can ease your soul and open up a whole new world to you so yeah. that'll, that'll definitely be on my bookshelf good luck with the publisher man um i'm working on a book as well mike knows about this because i asked him to actually be a co-author in the book yes um we haven't been as active on this as i would like i'm definitely not meeting with a publisher this month but <laughs> But what Mike is going to do is he's going to lock this book in that he has for sure, for sure. And then his publisher is going to love him and say, what's next? And he's like, well, I'm writing a book with my friend. And, oh, uh, hey, yeah. That's, hey. that's already been in the back of my mind. So hey, that's in the front of my mind since you just said that right now. You know what I'm <laughs> but yeah, we will be we will be writing a book about the language of movement. And when we discussed the topics, what was going on, it was uh, it was interesting. Is is myself, Mike, and Coach Hill, who you guys have heard of on my podcast, and who will join us on some of these live. What's what's a video podcast called? I don't know what that's called. Just I don't know. But I guess I got to learn the term for that. If we gonna make this a habit, but the three of us are just talking about what it takes, or, or what's the essentials you need to show every person, not just an athlete, but every person should know so they could leave uh, a life of fluid movement where movement is enjoyable and they can you know potentially go wherever they want to when it goes to movement i want to run a marathon i want to play basketball in the gym i want to lift weights i want to ride a bike doing any of these things but doing it the best way possible what would be the 10 most basic things you would teach so we all went and wrote little secret lists of what our 10 would be and then say, okay, we got to come together before you look at anyone else's list and you got to defend your list. So that's what the book is essentially all going to be about. Like me defending my list, Coach Wellington defending his list, and then Coach Hill defending his list. And it's interesting because as we talked about our list, after we had agreed, like, this is my list, there were so, there were so many things that we all agreed upon. And then everybody went a different direction, you know, after that as well. And no one's right or wrong, uh, in my opinion. It's just our preference for how we approach training for ourselves and for our clients. But it, it's a very interesting perspective to see, okay, and my team Stokes and my team Wellington, but you pick up the book when we finish it, 
you should be able to learn from all three coaches and get a different aspect of how you train on all of them. And you may lean to one, but that doesn't mean you can't learn from the others because we all learn from each other and talk about this stuff all the time because this is life for us. So, you know, I started rambling about my book, but first on deck, the insecurities my father gave me. Can't wait to read it, brother. I'm proud of it. Thank you, sir. Proud of it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's all. Family. You got a family of authors. Your, your wife has a published book as well, right? Yeah, she got she got published in like oh eight oh nine, I think. Yep. I made them put the book in the library at my school, so it's in the International School of Helsinki right now. Is it really? Yeah, man. Oh, I didn't know that. Yours, yours will be there as well. Oh, for sure. Everybody I know, everybody I know personally, uh, is, well, right now it's two people, but <laughs> you would be number three. Everybody I know personally that wrote, uh, wrote a book. I mean, I worked library adjacent as a tech director, so I tell them, hey, put this book in the library. And they're like, sure. We like books from everywhere, especially if you know somebody that's awesome. Gotcha. Actually, three. I know three people. That, three three published books I got out there. I'm going to add to this. Yeah, you're going to be four. I'm going to be five. Bring it home. Yeah, I got to get that done. Yeah, man. I appreciate the time. I'm glad we finally got this in. It, like I said, it's been a long time coming. Um, and you will be back sooner than later now that we understand how we want to do this. And we're starting to get the, we got to say, we got a 10 hour time difference as well. So right. he's either waking up talking about, are you ready? And I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm eating dinner. Or <laughs> I'm hitting him up like, are you ready? And he's like, man, I'm in the middle of class. I'm like, well, I'm about to go to sleep. So, you know, this is a huge time difference. So it's not easy for us to get on here at the same time. But now I think we have a time slot that we can coordinate and actually make this work. We have the setup now. It's going to go nice and smooth. So expect to hear much more from this man, the man that taught Coach Stokes how to run. And, and when we talk about just put it in perspective and put a little bow on this episode, he said I was running about a 4-6 and he don't trust hand time. That means when somebody is clocking you, would stop watching their hand because you don't trust human error once electric. No. So after he showed me what he showed me and I made it my practice in my life and I went and got professional contracts all over the world, I blew my knee out. I had knee surgery. And I wasn't the same. Ne you're never the same after someone cuts on you. But because of the language of speed that I understood, I was able to rehabilitate myself. No help. I had, I had a little bit of help for for uh Amon Albi. Um he helped me for a while while I was in in uh in America still for like two weeks. But I didn't have much help. Most of it I did myself. But because I understood how to run, I got myself back into running form. So now if you see me jog, I look like what are you doing? You look painful. It's a big limp. I walk with a limp, everybody makes fun of it that knows me. But when I go full speed and that language kicks in, no one can tell that there's any problems with me because I'm just reverting back to my language. It's, it's just like speaking the language, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna take it a step further than your electric time. And I'm going to put video time. I'm gonna put it right up here on the camera for everyone to see. This is a video that's on my Instagram account where you can see me in high school with pads on, okay? I'm not at a combine where I'm half naked, running in a straight line and nothing else happening, just going 40 yards. I'm on a football field. I've been playing for a while. I've been through warm-ups. I got pads on. I have extra weight on me. I'm carrying a football. And this is a 
uh, I took different examples of plays where I broke for 40 yards of a straight sprint and how fast I was in high school, how fast I was in college. And then what happened as a professional and after knee surgery, how we went from, we said four, seven, I give you that four, seven, cause it just makes it look better. And as you right. can hear, <laughs> the video time and you can't get no more precise than that because I'm stopping the video specifically at the time I hit the line to the time I hit the 40 yard mark running 4-1 with pads on in a game people chasing me after making a few moves things like that so I'm gonna let y'all sit here and Think about what you're actually seeing right now. There's no special editing done on this. Nothing is sped up. I can't change the clock. This is how fast I was moving when this man showed me the language and I became a linguistic genius in the art of speed. But just imagine, I, he didn't start teaching me this until I was 23 years old. And I wanted to. I was hungry. I was asking people. I, I called my dad one time. Well, I don't have a great relationship. You talk about the insecurities of a father. I called my dad and I said, bro, my mom said you was fast, you used to race cars, you sound like a superhero. Tell me what I got to do to get faster. You know what he told me? Eat chicken. <laughs> that's all the advice. That's, that's all the advice I got. Now, to this day, you give me the option like, hey, you want the beef for the chicken? I'm like, I, I got to eat the chicken, man. Pop said that's going to make me fast. To this day, like I got a chicken complex. It's not just because I'm a black guy and I like chicken. I got a chicken complex. So because of this, but this is what a father could do for you. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> I was hungry to learn this language at a very young age. And you're very capable. Most of my clients, I try to get them at 10, 12 years old to teach them the language. My children right now all speak two languages. And my 11-year-old son is working on his third language. He'll have four before he is 16 years old. The child's mind is so capable of sponging in this information. That's real, actual language. If we can teach them the language of movement the same way, they can soak it all up. And it will just be life for them. Mm -hmm. My kids flip back and forth through languages like it's nothing. I'm like, this is mind-blowing to me. It's amazing, but it's just their way of life. So our mission is to teach you guys the movement the language of speed because look at how fast i moved in that video you're talking about four one that's like hussein boat speed i'm not like putting extras on it that's real talk google how fast hussein boat runs the 40 and then compare the proof is in the pudding and this is me learning the language of 23 what if i was speaking that since i was eight years old mm -hmm. yeah Coach Stokes is openly challenging Hussein Bolt in a fictional world where I actually learned how to run when I was eight years old. Okay? I'm, I'm up here to make that debate. I think I would have been that fast. I would have been on that track. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, man. But that's the power of what this man taught me and what he showed me. So once again, I'm going to thank him again. Thank you, Coach Wellington. I love you. I mean that. And I appreciate you everything you do. We will be back at you guys. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. Coach Joe says so. We will be back next time. Myself, Coach Wellington, and Coach Hill talking about the value of learning the language of movement. What what it like what I, I'm gonna talk to you guys about what I charge a client, what I used to charge my clients, probably what I should be charging my clients. 
and what the value of that really is. I put that really into perspective because I want to want to put that out there for people to understand when you when you hiring a personal trainer, when you hiring a specialist, or if you don't think you need to hire any of these things, you don't think it's something you pay for, you think it's a luxury or not a necessity. We want to challenge that and we want to talk about that. So that's going to be the next episode, the value of learning the language of movement. What it, the price tags that get put on it and a lot of the stuff we offer up for free. And we're going to be talking about it through this channel. If you just have the hunger to soak it up, take the information that we provide. But to sit down with us and to work with us one-on-one, -on -one, trust me, I'm not just trying to promote myself or toot my own horn, but I would still pay money to sit down with Mike. And he did everything for me for free because I was his boy. But I would still pay that man money to get everything that I got and to learn more from him. And I suggest y'all do the same. Look him up. That's one of the best trainers you're going to find in the Los Angeles area. Coach Hill's in Washington. He can't speak on it right now, but look him up. Look him up. He's in the uh, Seattle, Washington area. Tacoma, I believe. That's the same thing. I don't know. He's in Seattle. <laughs> he, he, they both on the West Coast. Ten-hour difference away from me. If you're in Finland, get Coach Stokes up, and I might be able to help you out. I don't know. My client roster is pretty full these days. I don't really have time for much more, so hopefully this stuff helps you guys and inspires you. You can learn from this. Mm -hmm. And if you get a chance to meet up with me, take advantage of it because I promise you I don't go into any situation without leaving, making sure everybody feels like they got a deal, not just a value. I want you to walk away like, man, that was the most, that was the best money I ever spent. That's the best time I ever spent sitting in front of somebody learning about the language of movement. That's my promise to y'all. And I'm pretty sure these coaches feel exactly the same. Oh, yeah. All right, Coach. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Um, no, not really. If, if you do want to look at some of the stuff that I've done or stuff that I do, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Your Temple Fitness twelve underscore one, or on YouTube. Just type in Michael Wellington M I C H E A L, and you can see a lot of the stuff that I've done. Um, you can probably learn. I have a I have a series of how to make anyone fast. So. You can look at all that stuff and then go from there. So hopefully I can help you out. Right on, Coach, man. We appreciate your time once again. And we will see you soon in the next episode. My pleasure. See y'all again next time. Yep. Tune in next time. Coach Stokes says so.